about that for a sweet opening. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's Kevin from the Historic Linwood Theater Podcast. Today is Monday, July 24th, which means this will probably drop on Tuesday, July 25th. It's the coming attractions segment of our podcast, the Historic Linwood Theater Podcast. And uh, let's just jump right into it, get started. As you probably know, as you probably understood, and as is going to be the case, (laughs) Oppenheimer will be held over for another week. Uh, I hope to be saying this again next week and the following Monday and Tuesday and on and on and maybe sometime in August or September we'll be talking about actually what's coming next. As for today, coming attractions, Oppenheimer stays in the house. Monday, Oppenheimer at 3.20 and 7 o'clock. Same as Tuesday, with the exception that Tuesday's two screenings will be open captioned. And folks, I'll just uh, editorialize here at the start that the open captioned subtitles substantially help for you to catch all the dialogue. And now I say help you because, speaking from experience, it has helped me to understand the dialogue. And the dialogue is crucial to understanding the importance, the timeliness of this film. So, um, you know, if if you want to get 100% of the dialogue in this one, because it is so uh, dense with dialogue, the uh, subtitles, the open captioning certainly assists in that effort. Wednesday, same schedule, same schedule Thursday, same schedule on Friday. Two showings, the matinee at 3.20, and then again, the nightcap at 7 o'clock. It's a three-hour epic. You know all about it from Christopher Nolan and uh, starring, uh, well, just about, it's it's a who's who is what it is. Uh, Killian Murphy and Matt Damon and certainly Robert Downey Jr. I am now thoroughly a fan of Florence Pugh. And uh, the list goes on uh, quite a bit. Uh, another notable star that shows up is uh, Rami Malek. And he has a, an incredibly important and effective and dramatic part in Act 3 with about uh, five minutes left to go. He delivers his magnus opus and uh, it is, is thrilling to behold. Then on Saturday and Sunday, we add an early matinee. That's at 11.45. For those of you that want to take advantage of the special matinee pricing, we've got two of them on Saturday and Sunday at 11.45. And then again at 3.20 and 7 o'clock. There's your schedule. Any questions, you can call me at uh, 206-451-4336. Or you can send me an email at linwood at farawayentertainment.com. 
Com. One big announcement is that later today, oh boy, in about 45 minutes, I will be hosting local scholar and author Bob Johansson. He, the author of a dozen, two dozen books on the future. And when I say, and when we say, and when he says the future, that's not in the, say, Philip K. Dick or Robert Heinlein style of science fiction, but the real, the pragmatic, the utilitarian style of uh, dealing with what's coming down the pike. What's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen next month? Uh, How about next year? How about in the next decade? Bob has uh, written those books and uh, addresses some of the most important contemporary issues of our day. The world that is spinning at such a high rate of speed. Uh, Please watch this space for the drop of my conversations with uh, Bob Johansson, which I'm hoping to get done sometime on Tuesday. Um, Stay with us, check it out, give it a listen. You will be glad you did, as glad as you will be upon the viewing of Christopher Nolan's latest magnificently constructed epic Oppenheimer. To further make the case, then, I've called a couple of of the critics' views on uh, Oppenheimer, and I'll share them with you at this time. This one, the first one comes from uh, Matthew Rosa, and he of uh, Salon.com, one of my favorite sites. Uh, He says, "Uh, scientific and historical accuracy are key in Oppenheimer. Fortunately for fans of both, Oppenheimer delivers in telling the truth about the story Story of the Manhattan Project, at least as much as can be expected of a Hollywood blockbuster. So that's kind of two-sided, I think. Uh, I think the more important part is uh, telling the truth and the scope and the breadth and the impact. Now that we've had some eighty years to uh, to look at it in the rearview mirror, that um, both of those things were very important, and I think a lot more important than what we should expect from a Hollywood blockbuster. I think that's a secondary concern, and I have uh, so much respect for Christopher Nolan that I'm quite sure that his idea of fruition is uh, dealt with on a daily basis. Did we get the shots we wanted? Was the script followed? Was it executed professionally and dramatically enough? So forth and so on. Um, so uh, that's important that uh, that Matt would mention the scientific and historical accuracy and uh, talk about uh, telling the truth, uh, truth to power, about the story of the MP Manhattan Project. Second one is from Alyssa Wilkinson, she of Vox. And Alyssa says that Nolan's Oppenheimer barely qualifies as a biopic. Instead, it's a movie investigating the nature of power, how it is created, how it is kept in balance, and how it leads people into murky quandaries that refuse simplistic answers. Very good, Alyssa. I think that that um, better qualifies the uh, the scope of the film than the uh, than the first critics. Opinion, okay? From Matt Hudson of the website What I Watched Tonight, how appropriate. And um, Matt says, Oppenheimer will stand amongst Nolan's greatest achievements, a powerful and profound film that looks beyond the bomb and at the man behind it. Ultimately, one of the most important people to ever walk the earth. 
Okay, Matt, that's a glowing testimony there. And again, I agree with all of them. The horrors of Oppenheimer loom large, weighing on everyone and everything it touches, making it a terrifying yet essential film by a director who masterfully encapsulates this deeply thoughtful, chaotic, imbued cinematic perfection. Chaos imbued cinematic perfection. Woo! Wow! That, that's a mouthful, and that captured it. Thank you for that, Miss Duta. And lastly here, this one is from John Urbansich of J-Movies. The project rocks with great actors and recognizable faces, portraying famously brilliant scientists spouting magnitudes of historical perspective, and a last act that mixes vile McCarthyism with America's overwhelming fixations on heroism and winning. That from John Urbansich of J Movies, and I like that one a lot too. Finally, I have uh, scripted my <laughs> paragraph, my few words, <clears throat> and me. I've been in the building for each of the eight screenings of Oppenheimer so far. As is my way, I try to peek into the auditorium at key moments as prompted by either the score, the soundscape, or the combination of the two when combined for a tight, juicy scene. Every film has these flawlessly dramatic scenes, all usually included in their trailers. Oppenheimer has a lot of them. I could be coerced into saying that every scene does, but there has never been a film in the history of cinema that can make that boast. Am I right? <clears throat> and this due to the extremely personal nature of our unique points of view, the subjectivity factor. We all know the Oppenheimer story, right? Therefore, there is no chance of me stumbling into Spoilerville with the following... We all know something of the backstory, a little of the myriad details of the Manhattan Project, Harry Truman's legacy, and J. Robert Oppenheimer's complex and tortured short tenure of the man of the moment, as quoted by Albert Einstein himself. I love the story, mostly perhaps because it contains the polar extremes of American history, the absolute best we could ever hope to be, and its most disgusting and banal opposite. How do we reconcile these two? How do we agree on the better course, on the better or best course of action? Who are we to even be in the discussion? <laughs> Remember, God doesn't play dice. Does might and white always win the day? <laughs> and if so, why? Many of these ethical and moral questions have been shown to us as we look under the hood of history, or at least the bloody warring parts. It struck me as particularly paradoxical to consider that the same story Christopher Nolan, via Kai Bird's American Prometheus tome, is being told again, here and now, in real time, by another contemporary cast of vile characters, each of them in accurate portrayal of the stars we see marvelously acting their part in the film Oppenheimer. The last line of the movie echoes this concern. Listen for it. Okay, so I've also included a couple of links, and here's a quote. Here's a nice one from uh, Bertrand Russell, expert Bertrand Russell, theoretical physicist in his own right. In some sort of crude sense, which no vulgarity, no humor, no overstatement can quite extinguish, the physicists have known sin, and this is a knowledge they cannot lose.
He also speaks of a deep, deep trouble and moral concern, which so many of us physicists have felt. And uh, folks, this is the heart of the, I believe, the uh, the takeaway, the theme, the tone of uh, Oppenheimer is that uh, at its most basic uh, philosophical point of view that it is a story of morals, of ethics, of right versus wrong, of left versus right. And uh, all of that comes shining through as orchestrated uh, from the uh, masterful hand of uh, Christopher Nolan. All of, all of those glowing superlatives, I believe, are accurate. I truly, truly enjoyed this movie, both from the historical standpoint and from the uh, standpoint of uh, master craftsmanship in storytelling. The visuals are just stunning, the way Nolan goes from uh, black and white uh, to color to uh, even some shades of the two to represent time and to represent his juxtaposition of time and space. Overall, it is three hours of intense movie-going excitement. The experience of spending those three hours watching this story unfold is something that I haven't felt in a long, long time, perhaps never to this level of emotion. I was wanting to to laugh at times out loud. I was wanting to clap my hands in support of the characters. Uh, I was wanting to boo the villains. Boy, and there are plenty. And um, here's a spoiler. Uh, They're mostly politicians. Okay, are there any parallels to the day and time and the age that we're living in? Yes, there are plenty. And uh, we see it on the headlines every day. We read about it. We watch it. uh, We hear about it. We discuss it. And uh, we are appalled by uh, having not learned the message that this movie portrays uh, the first go around from some 80 years ago. Um, I highly recommend that you check it out and so that you can formulate your opinion. And I further uh, invite you to share those opinions with us. Uh, Go to our Facebook link. It's at the bottom and uh, give me your thoughts on the film. Give me your thoughts on the experience. Give me your thoughts on uh, the way that we salt and butter our popcorn. Let's just get that conversational ball rolling because it's all part. It's the fabric of our community. And it it pleases me no end to exchange um, these dialogues with the outgoing audience, uh, my exit polling. uh, And it's pretty simple. How would you like the movie? Uh, You can spend uh, two seconds. You can give me a thumb up or you can spend 20 minutes. Now, um, we have experienced a little bit of a phenomena here because the opening of Oppenheimer here at the Historic Limit Theater has set several modern-day records. Uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday were phenomenally well-attended. And what happens is when I only have, when we only have 30 minutes between the showings to clean the auditorium, refill the popcorn, restock our supplies, it leaves me precious little time to uh, exchange dialogue with you. And for that, I apologize up front. Uh, I promise I'll make it up to you down the line when we have something 
something that's a, a little, uh, shall I say, less popular or less attended. And uh, But in the meantime, let's use some of the other forms of communication that we have available to us. If you want to go old school, call me. If you want to be contemporary, um, send me a text, you know, shoot me a video, uh, or just you know come on in early uh, when we're just getting started, or stay late, and, and we'll discuss this until, as they say, the cows come home. Folks, uh, I'm going to wrap it up uh, for today. It's been Coming Attractions. It's always been my pleasure to be with you on uh, these little podcasts that uh, tell you what is playing and at what time, because you know the where. The where is your favorite local one screen, the historic Linwood Theater, downtown Linwood, Bainbridge Island, Washington. Again, uh, in case you missed it on the uh, at the start, Monday, July 24th through Friday, two shows, Oppenheimer at 3.20 and then again at 7 o'clock. Saturday and Sunday, we add the 11.45 matinee and then continue with 3.20 and 7 o'clock. And be sure you listen and check back with us uh, tomorrow for my interview with uh, futurist Bob Johansson. Uh, he'll be in in about uh, 30 minutes and we're going to sit down and probably chat for a long time. So this is the abbreviated version. It's down to about 15 minutes now. So thanks again for all of your help and support, folks. Um, I, I would like to leave you with two of the things that I thought were particularly uh, beneath Christopher Nolan here. Number one. I did not think that uh, his uh, portrayal, his uh, screenwriting, his retelling of the story regarding the persona of two people was what I have always set as my understanding of their psyches, of their personalities. Number one, Albert Einstein. I don't believe that he was portrayed uh, quite as cerebrally, quite as uh, egoless as I have always envisioned him to be. Number two was Harry Truman. I have always felt, and I have done extensive research, and I have written on the subject of Harry Truman, and certainly his role in the Manhattan Project and in the ending of World War II and the uh, incredible burden that must have been on his shoulders when he... Well, the theory is is that he didn't stop the, the dropping of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Um, the whole project, as discussed in Nolan's script, was designed to end the war. So they were building this bomb, A, to beat the Germans, to beat the Russians, to end the war, and subtextually, <laughs> in some circles uh, primarily, to establish the United States as the dominant global nuclear superpower. And, um, you know, has that uh, playing field changed a little bit? Certainly has. It, does Nolan address it in an entertaining and factual and truthful manner? I believe so. It's a little bit different from the way I have done it, but that's um, what separates Christopher Nolan from me. He's a pro. He's a master. I'm not. That's all for today, folks. I'm going to leave you with that. It's been Kevin at the Historic Linwood Theater Podcast. Today is... Monday, the 24th of July, the summer is rolling by and we're getting a little bit of light rain, which we really need. And we will see you probably again tomorrow with my uh, podcast with uh, local futurist Bob Johansson. Folks, have a lovely day. Please, please come on out and see Oppenheimer.
Thank you.